Welcome to Mom Made Plans Podcast. I'm Julie, mom of twins, and I'm here to bring you self-awareness infused strategies to get you through the day without feeling so scattered. And today our conversation is packed with amazing parenting tips and advice. Like literally from beginning to end, you guys, there's all kinds of tips for raising our kids with confidence, emotion, regulation. Stick with us through the whole conversation because there's literally something new for you constantly. I was really blessed by this conversation and I'm excited to introduce you to Callie with Confident Kids and she's an occupational therapist and a lot of hands-on experience and really shares some super helpful tools to raise our kids in a way that they are being equipped with confidence and independence. And we go through several scenarios, but one I know we can all relate to. Have you ever watched your kids struggle to tie their shoes or open up a package and It's kind of that weird thing of when do you step in and when do you let them try and figure it out? Well, Callie's got the answers for us here for that and a whole lot more. So let's go ahead and get into all the tips and bonus for you today. She created a one page uh, PDF of a guide that goes along with today's episode that is the five ways to build confidence in children. So scroll to the show notes so you can get that and print that out. You're going to hear about the whole concept of parent cheat sheets here, and this is going to be a great one to include in that and use it as a reminder to keep all these tips in your repertoire of what you pull out on a day-to-day basis. Okay, let's go. All right. I'm so excited for this conversation today. Callie, please take a moment and tell us a little bit about you before we jump in. Yeah. So um, yeah, my name is Callie and I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. If you don't know what occupational therapy is, it's where, um, especially with kids, we really focus on development and independence. And I work with kids in their homes. So I work in their natural natural environment. And I typically work with kids between the ages of three and eight is kind of my niche. Um, really just focusing on building self-care skills, building independence, um, working on handwriting a lot of the times or gross motor coordination. But I think my overarching goal for any kid is building confidence and building independence. That's so great because that's the key piece as we... I feel like is this underlying theme of building confidence is really what you hear so much of what they need. And so this is going to be so helpful today to just reframe when you're struggling with your kids or when they're struggling to always like kind of ask, okay, is this a potential for them to build their confidence or nurture their confidence? I think that's going to be a great common theme today. All right, you guys get ready to take notes and absorb (laughs) all of this. So I want to start us out with, so one of the biggest opportunities we have for our kids to build their confidence is when they are struggling. And so I think that's where we then struggle watching them have an issue and and then we lose out on opportunities for them. So I would love for you to just kind of share with us what we do when we're watching them struggle, like how do we just let them struggle? When do we step in? Just kind of help us give some perspective of like, when do we step in and when do we back off? <laughs> yeah, um, it's a great question too. And I think like the main goal is like really understanding, like you said, when is the right time to step in? And I think understanding like 
what the just right challenge is for your child and that particular skill is really important. And I think being able to do this, we have to know like what the developmental progression is of the skill, um, like what to expect next, really knowing where they're at developmentally. So for example, if they're learning to get dressed and you know that they can get undressed on their own, knowing, okay, they should probably start to be able to learn to like put on their pants next or put on their shirt next. And a lot of the times too, when I see like my own <laughs> kids struggle with some of these skills, I let them try it out, see what is going on, um, kind of assess the situation. And then if they're really struggling, they're starting to get upset and you see these big emotions t- start to come out, really just like be their calming sense, be their calming voice and like help as needed. But I think for the most part, just like seeing what they can do and then try like a chaining approach. Um, so with that meaning, like if you do one step, they do the next step, or you could do it the opposite way where they do a step first and then you finish the rest of the task and then kind of step back as much as you can the next time and kind of wait until they've mastered one skill, one step of the task and then give them the next one the next time around. So yeah, understanding that just right challenge is really important for any skill. That's helpful to have like a really practical strategy of just really being in tune with how they're how they're handling it and so yeah to not be afraid to let them struggle a little bit because yeah. that's how like, they're not learn. like let them make mistakes give them opportunities to like mess up and learn from those mistakes too and one of those times where I feel like I have a hard time stepping back is like any sort of like cooking task I with flour it just is like it will go everywhere I know it will but if I don't give her the opportunity to scoop and pour like she's missing out on this very vital skill of visual motor skills of pouring of building this independence but I know it's going to make a mess (laughs) and so just like giving them opportunities to do it as much as you can um and yeah just kind of seeing what they can do yeah and I think that's like one of the biggest ones it's much harder when it affects you like selfishly you're like no, I don't want to have to clean up and deal with this by yeah. letting you do that. And so I think that is definitely the hardest part. And I know um, my it had been a while. We have those like mac and cheese microwave cup things. My son loves mac and cheese. And so last night I was like, okay, like giving more independence. It's been a while. And he was actually like right there. And I was like, okay, you you do it. You've done mm-hmm. it before. It's been a long time, but let's have you do it. And so, like, my husband was struggling because, like, the little cheese pouch was going to go everywhere. <laughs> I was like, let him do it, let him do it. But I think you have to, if you go into that situation where you're with the flower scoop, like, you're interacting or you've got something where a mess is bound to happen. If you go into it in advance being like, okay, I know this is a possibility, but it's it's not just a mess for mess sake. Like, there's value happening. There's learning happening. And what is more important to me, like them building confidence in this moment or the mess? And transparently, it may be a day where you can't (laughs) deal with it. But if you can at least have that mindset going in, I think we are much better prepared to like let them make the mess if it happens while they're learning, just having that awareness. Yeah. And even like letting them also help you clean up is also building like independence and like being aware of like, okay, if I make a mess, I also am responsible for the mess. So be like, oh, like, looks like we spilled some flour on the floor. What do we need to do? What do we need to get? So what's our next step here? And like seeing if they can problem solve and figure it out on their own. And then, but I just feel like the more opportunities they have, the more efficient they become, the earlier they become independent, and then the less work we have to do. So it's like, yes. 
like you said, it's definitely depending on the day. If you can handle the mess, if you can handle what could potentially happen, I think it's definitely worth giving them that opportunity. Mm, and I love so much. Okay, you guys are gonna have to like rewind and <laughs> listen, go backtrack because that's so huge. Again, with the mindset of knowing like whatever mess happens that they're gonna participate. Mm-hmm. And that's a continued experience. But even the way you worded it, and that's where I'm like trying to work on that we're not just like, oh, you made a huge mess. Now we have to clean it up. Like yeah. there's, you know, there's a totally different tone of frustration than if you ask them the question of like, oh, we got some on the floor. What should we do? I love that you just said that because like that's where I'm in it. And I feel like so many of us like just to frame things and treat it as another problem to solve that they, can then be like, oh, I know what to do. We need to get some paper towels or whatever. Like these are little things, but they're massive. So I'm just ridiculously excited over that reminder. And I think it's the mindset piece is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you said too, like, okay, before this task even happens, where's my mindset at with it? So I think that's vital too. So it's really important. Yeah. It's for us and for our kids. Cause it's like, it's not going to be a good learning experience for them if we're not in the right headspace to facilitate it for sure. <laughs> so grace with ourselves of some days being like, you know what? Just, I just can't today. And that's okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be plenty of more <laughs> opportunities to learn. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think we kind of went over this, but if you have any other tips or practical strategies for when we are in a situation where we're trying to do these activities and letting them struggle, but the struggling intensifies and they're really like, it becomes more like self-condemnation of like, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. And getting super frustrated. Yeah. How do we help make sure they're not, we let them struggle, but they're not like giving up on themselves or like feeling bad about themselves. Yeah. I think building connection first and foremost is the most important part because without that connection piece, I think we miss a key opportunity for them to like learn how to regulate their emotions so connecting with them, getting down on their level and just saying, learning new tasks are hard. Learning new skills can be really, really tricky and it just takes practice. And then sometimes we also have to ask for help and that's okay. Give them an example of like when you have struggled with something or when you had to ask for help and letting them know that that's okay. But I think it's important to also know that in order to teach a new skill, they needed to be in a place of regulation. So if they're getting like really frustrated and they're just overwhelmed, maybe just take a break, um, take a step back and then try it again. And I also think being able to like really distinguish what specifically is making them struggle is really important. So to give like an example, like if they're opening a snack package and they're just like so mad they can't get it open, I want this snack so bad. I want to do it on my own, but I can't. And I think that's a really common example too. So like, you know, distinguish, okay, is it a strength issue? Is it a visual motor issue? Is it motor planning? What specific skill is impeding them from being able to execute this task? So I think occupational therapists are really good at assessing this, but if parents are educated too, I think they're perfectly capable of being able to assess Okay, my kid's hand strength isn't quite there yet for this packaging, or they're not like able to like manipulate it in the right way to get their hands in a good place to open it. And so knowing what skill needs to be like kind of addressed and then working on it, not only giving them other opportunities to practice opening packaging, but if it's a strength issue, maybe let's work on some like fine motor strengthening activities in between these things. So connecting, being on their level, and then knowing what skill it needs to be kind of addressed. 
I definitely feel that even though mine are about to be nine, there's still the occasional, those packages. Sometimes you got to yeah. check it to make sure it's not <laughs> one of those that like literally won't open. Uh, but that's such an accurate <laughs> example. Um, but I love that you also brought up about asking for help. And mm-hmm. I do think that's a key component for them to learn as well, that that is okay to ask for. It, and that's part of the process. So I just wanted to highlight for you guys, that's another key point in learning and being confident doesn't rely on doing everything yourself all the time, but to be able to communicate and ask for help and work on things together and having the confidence to ask for help. <laughs> too. Yeah, for sure. By knowing it's okay. Okay. So that's where we're on the, like to flip the coin, the extreme side of they are just losing it, struggling to, there's going to be times where they're doing something and learning and they nail it and they're super excited or it's just what it's the art project they bring to you. There's the flip side of where they are like showing more confidence. So what's the best way? Cause I know there's different term, like specific wording and things that are good. So that I've heard. So I'd love for you to share your experience of how do we continue to nurture that confidence and be excited with them and yeah, how to respond to those scenarios. Yeah, I love this question because I feel like it's something I'm consciously working on myself with my little one. And I'll reference a book because I got a lot of these strategies um, that I'll say from how to talk so little kids will listen. If you haven't read it, great book has a ton of like practical strategies. But when they are really excited about what they're doing, or they just say they button their shirt for the first time and they're just like, look what I did. I always say describe versus praising results. So instead of saying good job awesome like that's great describe what you see like oh my gosh you just buttoned your shirt for the first time by yourself and I know how hard that was and you just kept doing it and you just kept trying until you got it that's amazing I'm so proud of you so really just trying to describe what you see whether that be with a painting and they used all the colors and it's just a kind of a big blob like hey I love that you used every single color like that is so cool can you tell me more about what you painted and like asking them to like describe more too, so that you are able to give like a a better description. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what is this? What is this, what <laughs> is this exactly? You describe this. It looks really cool, but I would love to know more. Um, instead of just saying good job and then going about doing the dishes or something. So I just think it's really important to like be very detailed when we are praising and then focusing more on the effort versus the result. Yeah. Uh. There's so many places I want to go with this right now because <laughs> it is just when you think about when you receive praise that it means someone's being like, oh, good job. Like, oh, great. But when they're really specific of something like a specific word of how you help them or you encourage them or what you did was, yeah, whatever. It It's a whole new level. Yeah. And so to put yourself in their shoes of what would really mean the most, it's I caught myself last night actually with this, my daughter wanted to carve pumpkins. So my son started to and he wasn't into it, but she ended up carving both of them and she was done and she said something and I was like, Oh, good job. That's great. And then it was like a minute later, I was like, Oh, wait, no, then I need to be more specific. And I was like, I really like how smooth the lines are yeah. and on that. Like I went because and she was in another room. She came back though, because she didn't quite hear me. And so she came. She literally wanted to hear that specific yeah. um, encouragement and came in and then like she was all happy and gave her a high five. And so 
it was just really cool to see the the difference when we are specific and just the power of that kind of compliment. Not that good job isn't helpful, but adding some other specific yeah. qualifiers. For sure. And I love that like you kind of caught yourself a little bit. And even if it was like a minute or two later, it was still like impactful. And I also think like learning this skill is really hard. <laughs> Being really aware of like what your words are and kind of the impact that they have on your children and just really being easy on yourself and giving yourself grace if you do just say that's awesome good job and then it's like okay this this is what I said maybe this is what I can say next time and like thinking through your brain like okay wh- how can I wear this differently next time how can I respond differently and just making sure that you're like giving yourself grace and knowing that you're like trying to learn a new skill and just being aware of that too yeah that's so good it's almost like I don't know, have a little cheat sheet, like notes in your phone as you have ideas (laughs) of specific. So like go right now, like the art example is awesome that you gave us. So make notes of that wording and then just like, it's anything, it's a little If anything, ask questions, like ask for more details. Um, If you say good job, they're like, okay, then now can you tell me more about it? So if you do say good job or awesome, that's not a bad thing, but just trying to like get more to and like start a conversation about it. Right. There's so so many more gold nuggets you could get out of that from your mm-hmm. kid if you continue to pursue. And it, yeah. it is a lot of work and this this can feel like a lot, but it's just one thing at a time of improving. And so maybe just working on first of your reactions when they are happy of yeah. just these couple things and you build on that skill and that we realize that we are skill building for ourselves and, and not just our kids and being teachable and open. <laughs> and I love the idea of like adding a visual, like put it on the refrigerator. Like here's some like little tiny points that I got out of this conversation. And I'm going to try to implement like one of these this week. And yeah. then I'll try to add another like little nugget I found this coming week and just trying to like build slowly because it does take time to to learn new skills, just like you're teaching your kid. <laughs> like it takes time to learn new skills. Same for you. Same as us as parents. So yeah, totally. I can see that being like, I feel like we're in the kitchen a lot inside a cabinet door or something like have, yep. you can open the cabinet door and be like, okay. it's like my little parent cheat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why is this not a thing? We need parent cheat, cheat sheets like through our house. Yes. No like, one teaches you these things. So yeah. <laughs> I need to take a breath and calm down before I interact yeah. with the struggling. Like, yeah, we just need little reminders through our house. So, okay. <laughs> new, new thing, new project. We'll, you guys will be back with yes. in the next round. Uh, okay. So one thing I'm drawing from all of this, whether they are struggling a lot and how we handle it, whether they're doing really well and how we handle it, the common thread through all of this is it relies on us slowing down and noticing, like noticing our emotions and Mm -hmm. their emotions and their behavior. It's just really being tuned in and intentional with how we're supporting them. So I just wanted to like open up for any other practical tips for these parent cheat sheets where just that reminder to just slow down and pay attention like any practical things to be intentional with them growing their confidence. Yeah, slowing down for sure, taking some deep breaths, but noticing like the way that your body feels when you feel triggered or when you feel dysregulated and really having like a good grasp on that. And then also trying to be able to see those triggers in your children. Just knowing that like you need to have a regulated nervous system for your child to be able to have a regulated nervous system. 
for you to be able to like co-regulate with them. Um, so a lot of the times kids don't really have the skill set yet to self-regulate until like six or seven. Um, even then they still may, may need your assistance to regulate their nervous system. But just being able to like know what these body signals are. So it's like, are my palms sweaty? Is my heart rate racing? Am I having like tight fists, noticing like these things in your body? And this is called interoception. So like it's our eighth sensory system. And it's just really understanding and knowing what our internal body signals are and what they're trying to tell us about our emotions. And I will start building this foundation of interoception with the kids I work with. But I also just think it's a really easy way to talk to our kids about their feelings and their emotions. It's like doing jumping jacks. Like, does that increase your heart rate or does that decrease your heart rate? Does taking deep breaths increase or slow down your heart rate? And just talking to them about it, talking about their different emotions, different facial expressions, just like knowing those internal body signals in your children. Another really good practical strategy, just kind of like piggybacking off of that is bringing them in on your own strategies. So whether we know it or not, we do sensory strategies all day long to regulate our nervous system. I drink out of a water bottle with a silicone straw because I bite on it. And that's kind of the way I regulate my nervous system. I also have to work out in the morning (laughs) Um, or I feel very unfocused and kind of agitated or I go on walks in the middle of the afternoon because I'm starting to feel sleepy. So just like telling them what you're doing and why you're doing it can be really beneficial. I love that just um, narrating. And I think that's, I'm getting more in the habit of, yeah, being like, right now I want to scream and cry in the corner. Literally Mm -hmm. said that last night to my kids. There was a lot (laughs) going on last night, you guys. A lot of good things and a lot of not good things. And I'm like, I am epically failing on my emotional yeah. regulation right now. So full <laughs> transparency, you guys. Like all, I want the, you to hear all these feelings good are examples. good feelings. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just like, you need to know this is sounding like I was totally on it last night with my things. <laughs> I'm like, no, you guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just to be like transparent and be like, this is how I'm ha- I'm feeling these things. And this is how I'm dealing with it right now or what I'm avoiding right yeah. now. And just. Yeah, we learn with each other and just to express what we're going through because making it normal to talk about our feelings and how we're managing stuff makes it normal for them to share with us. And we're not having to guess as much and be like, why are you freaking out right now? Yeah. And they can practice sharing and yeah, it just makes things easier. Yeah, for sure. I think we put a lot of like sometimes pressure on kids to like have it together and I'm like adults don't have it together (laughs) we're still trying to figure this out so as much as we can to like help kids understand that any emotion is fine it's just how are we gonna what's our reaction to it what are we gonna do to help if we're feeling really frustrated and we are in at work and we're feeling really frustrated and angry but we have a job to do or you're at school and you're wanting to jump up and down but you're taking a test Like, what's something that we can do in those moments to help regulate our nervous system so that we can meet the expectations of our environment? And that's a skill that's really, really hard for kids. And as much as we can to, like, help them in any way would be really beneficial. So I really like that line, how you said, like, adjusting so we can meet the expectations of our environment. That's really, that's really useful framing of, hey, this is all good. It's just being aware of what's around, like, appropriate times and for sure. And what to do. So yeah. And like after school, if they're still wanting to jump up and down, like, all right, now's your time <laughs> to jump up and down. Um, now's your time to run around and mm-hmm. giving them ample opportunities throughout the day to like meet those thresholds. Like we all have different thresholds. 
Um, we all need different movement or different strategies um, to feel regulated, but we need them throughout the day. Kids might need, one kid might need more than the other, but just making sure that we really understand our child's needs and meeting them. Yeah. And, and that's where we come back to the confidence, just being aware of ourselves and our kids yeah. learning to be aware of themselves. And that's, that's where they can have that confidence and just being able to understand what they're feeling, knowing what's happening in their body gives them confidence to deal with it and know that they're not freaked out by like, what am I feeling right now? And I'm acting crazy right now. What is yeah. <laughs> to at least be aware? I think awareness breeds confidence. Oh, for um, sure. So, yeah. oh my goodness. There's so many good things you guys <laughs> from this conversation. So many gold nuggets. So definitely that parent cheat sheet. I know I am going to do that. <laughs> and I think you have even a step up for us from that. So I'd love for you to cool. share. Yeah, a little bit about maybe your little cheat sheet here mm-hmm. and more about what you what you do and you have so many helpful things. So tell us all yeah. what you got. Um, <laughs> so just for this podcast, I created a five ways to build confidence and it basically summarizes a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about, but five different ways that we can build confidence and kind of gives you like an explanation of each. It is one page. It can be printed. It can be posted on your fridge or inside your spice cabinet anywhere that you can see it and just kind of give you yourselves like friendly reminders of like, oh yeah, like this is something that like I can focus on today. Like maybe just pick one and focus on it and then pick another one a different day. But yeah, give you your own little parent cheat sheet on how to build confidence <laughs> in our kids. And then I also have, if your children are at preschool, kindergarten age, I have a little checklist of where their skill set may need to be at for fine motor, gross motor, self-care, independence tasks, and also social emotional skills. So I'll give you links to both of those. But yeah, in terms of like what's on the horizon for me, I am going along with that checklist. I have a the Confident Kindergartner digital course coming up. So yeah, I'm just going to be on the lookout for some fun, confident building things for me. Yes. I love it so much. I'm so excited. Do you have socials or a website or where we can connect with you and stay up to date when that course comes out and other? Yeah. Um, my Instagram is Confident Kids Therapy. And then my website is also Confident Kids Therapy. And then email is just Callie, C-A-L-L-I at Confident Kids Therapy. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for your time today and just sharing all of this helpful insight that's just completely game changing for parenting and for our kids. It's invaluable. So I I truly appreciate the work you're doing. Thanks. I appreciate just given the opportunity to kind of spread the knowledge and just really enjoy this conversation too. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on the podcast today. I hope you guys are really excited to utilize so many of these tips and tools. So don't forget to go to the show notes and print the five ways to build confidence in children that Callie graciously put together for us so we can take action and actually use what we're learning. So that is the other piece I'm really trying to work on here that we learn all these great tips and strategies, but we have to implement them to actually have impact on our life. So use this tool to help actually do the things. So let me know if you have any questions or any wins using this. We would love to hear and I would share it with Callie as well. So talk to you next time.